Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. try and see what's up here uh check 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 okay diary listeners happy tuesday i am currently using a whole other software to record this podcast i'm hoping that i do it well uh as it is right now uh i am deeply experimenting This week's episode is going to be called Golden Prosperity. It is inspired by my tea, actually, that I drank today. It's actually green tea and marigolds. Uh, I am am and have been um, doing a carnivore diet, but I, I have to admit to you guys and confess that by the end of my time, um, on that diet, la- latter part of January, I did break fast a couple of times. I had alcohol, um, some vodka and, uh, and then I went full blown and I had this very sugary wine drink that, um, that, uh, my boyfriend Rico's, uh, sister made and it was deeply delicious. She calls it millions of peaches, which it was, it was very good. Um, I, uh, and if you hear some background noise of upstairs, I, I, I have a, a new happening, um, that I'll get to later in, but, but essentially, um, golden prosperity seemed really good because of all that I'm reporting as far as the diet going really, really well. I think I am going to recommit to all meat again. Uh, essentially guys, uh, the, the, the goal has been to reduce inflammation. Um, when I have gone off the few times that I have, I notice a significant spike in inflammation in my, my hot spot, which is my knee. And, uh, it, it, it wasn't pleasant though. Um, I will say that for me, it's always kind of risk reward. Uh, the times that I went rogue, uh, the first time was at a party. Uh, so the first time that I had alcohol and kind of splurged there was at a party. Uh, the second time was, uh, trying an experimental drink that, that a friend had made. Um, well, a family member had made and, uh, I I wasn't too unhappy about that. And the motivation for that too was, um, this is a lot to share, but, uh, I, I typically had my friend John that I would consult with in these matters, but now I'm kind of going to use you guys a bit, um, (laughs) as messed up as that is. The man knew my cycle. Uh, I think I've shared that on other, on other episodes. My cycle is very tethered to the, the full moon actually. So I, I think that that, uh, is interesting 
Um, but it, it's very odd how much my, my cycle is tethered to the full moon. I actually got it a bit early this past month. And that was kind of weird to me, um, because there hadn't been a lot of time between my cycles and when it came on, it came on with this a vengeance that broke me honestly in my fasting. Um, I, I'm craving chocolate right now. It's, it's dumb how much I am. Um, but like, I can't get enough of it and it's particularly chocolate. It's not sugar. It's not, it's that cacao kind of thing that I think just is turning me. So once I, I broke and had chocolate, I was like, wow, that's significant. Um, and it was my first day of my cycle that I really broke and I felt awful. Like I felt really awful. Now I was informed that on this diet, there would be a few things that would happen. Um, if my body went into a state of ketosis, um, I could very much so need carbohydrates and have to balance out everything. I actually have a ketone meter for people who might be worried about me. I have not yet used it to regulate my blood, but, um, you know, the whole effort here was to be more in touch and aware of my body and to examine these things and figure out what works and what does not work. Um, kind of like the whole 30, but a little bit more rogue and less, um, less, I guess, outlined per a system. Um, and definitely with meat as the, 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 the touchstone, the foundational kind of thing. So if nothing else return to the meat and keep it up, uh, when I went on my cycle, I was tired for the first time that I felt in, in the whole month. Honestly, I was really, really, really exhausted. And I had um, terrible, like sinus issues and things like that. Uh, again, I don't, I don't know if it was, it was environmental, if there was something else going on, but I can certainly say that, uh, my body was hormonally raging. And so, so I adjusted and I was really happy that I did. I don't feel bad that I did bloating and inflammation definitely went up. Uh, so that is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, so the other, the other thing to report is that I, in this golden prosperity kind of podcast, I was struggling to, to know what to call it. And I just kind of used, I used my tea as a way to guide it. And just as a serendipitous kind of thing. Um, I have decided to create a space in this house, which is the other reason why you might hear Rico moving around and I'll have to adjust to a whole other space. It's a, actually a slightly larger space and it's in a bottom portion of my house, which may or may not have been a good move. I don't, I don't know. Um, it, it certainly is in terms of uh, utilization of my home and creating a multifunctional space. Um, recording, I'm not so sure if it's the best yet, but 
this is rather refined. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hack it folks. And uh, the point is, is to keep pushing and putting myself in different levels of discomfort all to illustrate to you, uh, how willing I am to keep expanding. They're small movements, but they're significant and, and they're very exciting for my mind because it, it means challenging myself in a way that's, that's really good. And I think necessary for forward movement and, uh, definitely trying to combat stagnation. So I have had this space down here for a while and, you know, I, it, you don't know, I'm about to tell you, um, it's in my basement. Uh, my ex Adam had worked with a friend of ours to segregate this room, um, because it was just an open basement. Um, very, it was finished. It's, it has seventies paneling. It's not sexy. Um, it's got, uh, laminate floors, which are also awful. Um, partially now because Rico actually in his section of the basement has scraped it all up and made it just the concrete floor because that works better for his portion of this space, which is his weight room. And hopefully it will be our weight room. It is ours, but I don't utilize it like I should. That's, that's definitely a milestone ahead that I need to implement in my life that, um, is next. Uh, but first I really wanted to have this year be a year where I recommit to some things that have been on my mind for quite a while and utilizing what was before this weekend passed, uh, was basically a dumping ground for everything. Um, everything. In fact, uh, it, it held my cat's litter boxes. It was, it, it was full of every manner and still is of art supplies you can imagine, but everything was just stored here and haphazardly. So, and it was kind of a bummer to come down here and see it because it, it wasn't being utilized well in my estimation. And it really wasn't fair to all the things that I was actually storing here too, because, you know, I have art, art and art supplies down here. And it, it was just, it was like coated in layers of dust and cobwebs and, and, and there's like a whole window down here to the outside. And it was, it was kind of like, it wasn't boarded up. It was cardboarded up and it had some of my old college paintings over it of nude models, but not in a way that displayed them well or, or made the entire window nice or utilized well. And, uh, the, the whole thing was depressing and it has been on my mind for a while to, kind of diversify my tattoo life with, with some more art again, and particularly painting. Uh, I, I would like to reestablish my roots in painting. Plus Rico has been really, really interested in 
oils uh, ever since we started <laughs> just, just watching Bob Ross at night. We might go back to that because I, I'm recently he's been watching Frasier, which I like Frasier. Um, I don't know if anyone's watched it, really. Um, it's a good series. It did not age the best. And um, Frasier is not not a good person. Uh, in my, my estimate, he's deeply funny and the situations are very, very awkward and very hilarious, but, uh, not funny or not, um, good. They're, they're funny because they're awkward and upsetting, um, much like, you know, like situations of Seinfeld or, um, you know, other such situational shows that just, you know, you kind of revel in the misfortune of others and that's pretty much it for Frasier and uh, we've watched it all the way through once now and uh Rika's watching it again and I'm I'm not interested in watching it anymore I'd rather go back to Bob Ross so uh that's a long way of saying that I'm going to be purchasing uh here soon uh, another oil set and start oil painting again um, I miss it. Uh, I'm looking at currently at a figure painting that I did and, you know, I, I, I want to reestablish those roots. Uh, the other thing that I, I want to recommit to that I had already started here on this podcast space was, uh, calligraphy and copying the Bible, um, per calligraphy. Uh, my goal would be by the end of my life to, uh, have fully copied the Bible and done so by hopefully learning a bit more about calligraphy. And, uh, you know, I, I, um, it, it's one of those challenges that I want to keep growing in small movements towards a greater plan. I'm hoping that I will find a rhythm and a style to my writing that is mine and definitely calligraphic and also resubmit to a, a tradition of copying the Bible that kind of harkens to olden times, um, of not only religious study, but just training and, um, you know, keep keeping, keeping alive something that is sacred. Um, the Bible has been passed down for centuries and goodies. <coughs> mm. Excuse me. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Days and, or not days, day, centuries, centuries. Blah. Forgive that sneeze. I had to. Who knows if this, this basement is still, um, overwhelmed by allergens. I, I'm, I'm going to spend the next, uh, few months being down here, uh, cleaning it more and more, keeping it active, not letting it stagnate. Um, all the good stuff, just trying to liven the space with my energy. Um, after the holidays, my living room, dining room area had become a bomb for creation. It was, it was great. It was very awesome, but it was also very, um, it, it was upsetting because it was kind of 
railroading a lot of the other space and it felt very delinquent for me and, um, chaotic, um, as if that time of year doesn't induce that enough. It was, it, it looked like a, um, holiday creation bomb and just everything was upstairs. Everything was nuts and drinking my tea. Um, everything was very all over the place and it was bumming me out. So on top of, you know, trying to wrangle in, um, my diet with my resolution to eat carnivore, I thought to myself, you know, I really would like to, uh, just turn this year up with all the things that I've been thinking about for a while now, years now, ever since honestly, 2020. And when my life kind of flipped on its end and I started looking at things differently. And also since I have, um, committed to my faith and a relationship with God and been growing that I've, I've had new things pop into my mind about, how I want my life to go from here on out. And it's, it's been very exciting, but nothing has really deeply transpired as, as a, I mean, things have transpired, but they've, they've just kind of been all over the place. So I was hoping to hone some things and reestablish some things and get back to, um, some stability and, and focus, focus. Um, And, uh, part of that is the cleaning out of this space and making it a space that I'm not ashamed to have people in that I can actually invite people in and we can have art days and we can hang out. And, um, if it happens to go up into my living room, that's fine. That's how it's always been. Um, I'm cool with that, but, um, I just don't want my living room to be a place where, it's just a, a dumping area for my projects. They, they stare at me all day and it's uncomfortable. Uh, so I'd rather them be in a place in a space like this where I can come down here and I can, I can get to work and I, it can be understood that when this door is closed, that's what's happening. And I'm in my bubble. And honestly, since I've had a relationship now with a person that I, I hope to have one with for the rest of my life. Um, I've felt the need to have a space like this. Um, on, on top of what I was told by Gabe Ripley about his feelings, uh, towards the bed in the back of, of my former space, uh, yeah, he was like, you know, I, you shouldn't have a bed in the background. It, it gives like certain innuendos, but it was simply the spare bedroom in my house. And as far as recording it, it has a better audio kind of spatial, uh, relationship because there isn't as much space. It's, um, full of things on the walls and it's got, a carpet on the floor. And so there's lots of things to deaden the area that this particular space doesn't really have as much at, at present. Um, I can always put a rug on the floor and do some things to kind of muffle sound and make sure that the echoing, uh, abilities in this room are, are a little more, uh, nice, but yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a spare bedroom. And so if I had people over that would kind of, um, limit 
access to that, that room work-wise for me. And, uh, it, you know, it, I agree with him. It, it just felt, uh, wrong for what I was using it for. It was, it was what it was. It was what I had at the time. And, um, uh, I wasn't ready to task that particular, uh, challenge yet. Um, but I do, I do agree with Gabe. It's not as professional though. I, I, I can honestly say that that the space down here, I can't say is professional. In fact, if, if this were more than a audio recording, uh, what you would see in the background is a cabinet that I have, <laughs> just if I can paint this picture, um, that I have boxes on top of and mannequin heads, uh, old mannequin heads from when I did hair. My dad was actually getting rid of a bunch of them. Actually, we shot a bunch of them. Um, that was a fun day on the range. By the way, they can take quite a pounding, these heads. They um, they can take a shotgun shell to the face uh, and not explode. It's pretty incredible. Um, so I don't know what they were making these things for, but they definitely can go beyond just the hair world. Um, but I didn't want to shoot all of them. Some of these are up there just because I hope to paint them and make them look interesting and play with their hair, uh, which they have enough of that I can do that with and it'd be fun. So I kept them and they're not cheap. And as you can tell, they're, they're multifaceted. So I, I wanted to decorate them because they're interesting and, um, I wanted to make some look like mermaids, some to look like zombies, you know, just explore some, some nice things with, but as it stands right now, they're just creepy heads that are up there. And, uh, so it, so it, it, and, and then right next to that is a bunch of wood panels and spare materials for me to create with that looks haphazard and, and not really organized, but it's a hell of a lot better than it was. Uh, needless to say, there's lo lots of raw wood behind me, um, haphazard paneling, things like that. Um, so it's not, it's not really, um, fully professional or anything that you'd like move into video with at this point. Um, I am pretty unabashed about things. I mean, clearly I was willing to have a bed in the background for a while. Uh, even, even per Gabe's reservations about it. Um, I know that whenever he gives a suggestion, by the way, um, I love you, Gabe, and I do appreciate you very much that it's not a critique. I, um, I agree with you and I hope you know that. And, um, I'm grateful of the critique because through him and through all the people that I have experienced through him, which introduced me to Guy Atchison and reinventing the tattoo, by the way, guys, um, I have grown. It's a, an amazing critique space. And that's why I pitch it on the podcast regularly. Um, that's the other thing that I have resubmitted myself to is, um, Monday night exercises. I hope that I wasn't wrong about last night. I think I remember Sandy saying that it was not happening last night and that it will recommence on this upcoming Monday, the 12th, I believe. 
Um, if I was wrong, I missed last night. Um, but that was not intentional. I, I, I do believe I heard that it wasn't going to start until next week. In any event, um, I, um, I've started doing Monday night exercises and critiques and, uh, lessons and things like that. I am going to recommit to my access to reinventing the tattoo all the better to talk about it, uh, explain it and share it with people. Um, I'd like to better bring people into that space. Um, I'm pitching it, but I can't say that I have committed myself to it as best I can. I have physically put myself in alignment with reinventing the tattoo and it's events. Um, the paradise tattoo gathering is very much so, um, a product of all of that tattoo now reinventing the tattoo, um, now fireside and, um, Jake Meeks and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a collection of mine, needle jig. Um, these events are put on by very, very good, uh, people. And, and that's, that's another thing. Um, I'm finally ready, I think, to qualify my crowd of people that I hang around with. Um, a very disheartening thing on top of John, which is still deeply upsetting and um, reporting to all of you, nothing has moved in that case. He's still missing. There's still no word. It's still deeply upsetting. Um, but on top of that, uh, I had a friend from the past that goes all the way back to my childhood r really upset me recently. Um, I'm not going to speak about her name because as I advise people who interview on this space to do, um, you know, don't tell the name, tell the story, you know, leave the rest out. If, if they want to engage further, they can, uh, they know, and nobody else needs to know beyond just the experience. So what happened this week is, um, she's always been a person very interesting in my life. Um, we grew up together. Um, she's older than me, um, but mentally not. Um, she's always been in special ed classes and, uh, for a long time we were friends because, you know, childhood doesn't really, you know, it's not marred by the realities of the world. And, um, you know, you, I, I've never been a person who, um, I don't know how to put it, but I don't, I try to take from people the best and leave the rest. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, and with this person, I had a lot of fun, you know, she was very active and always wanted to play. And, um, you know, we would walk around and she was kind of a constant in my life. And it, it was mostly because I think, I was one of few friends she really had. And, um, you know, she 
was adopted and uh, was at first a foster child and then adopted by her parents and uh, her parents walked her to our house because they saw us playing. And I think that was kind of like the introduction, just be like, hey, you know, here's a person that, um, you know, you can play with. And it just took off from there. And, you know, of course, school presented different different levels to our relationship. She was a year ahead of me. Um, but it, as much as that was, she was in a different part of the school because of special education. They, they combined every age level there. It was one area. Um, but the way that other people treated her and me as a result, I mean, I was picked on constantly just because I was a nerd and not cool. Um, awkward constantly. Um, (laughs) but I had the mental faculties to defend myself. And I also, um, I don't know. I was well-trained to deal with bullying, whereas she was not. And, um, our relationship was very predicated upon me defending her a lot of the time and sticking up for her and basically, um, pushing back at entities that would seek to hurt her. And, um, you know, because of that, she, she kind of adopted me and my family in a big way. Um, always tried to call me a sister and things like that. And, uh, it always felt awkward to me because I I was like, we're, we're not sisters and you're, you're, trying to force more than what is really being given. Um, but you know, that, that was, that was kind of the nature of it. And she's never really had the, um, sharpness for me to push it too much. We had a, we had a moment in our life where we broke up, uh, because she got really deeply into drugs and, um, hanging out with a really, really bad crowd. And of course she wanted me to accompany her. And at one point I had to say, no, you're, you're walking into spaces that I have no interest in. And I I don't know why she felt like that was me not loving her. Um, but it was usually, it was probably the addiction or just her skewed view of things. Um, this, this fear of abandonment that made it more than what it was. Um, who knows? I, I'm not in her brain, but I had to remove myself from there. I got word of a lot of happenings. She moved to other States. She ended up getting pregnant and having a kid. Um, all this with, as you can imagine, the most stellar human beings in the world. Um, of course that didn't work out. I think her child was removed from her. Uh, I don't know the logistics of it, so I'm not even going to pretend that I know, but she doesn't have her child with her anymore. I know that she has confessed to wanting to get her kid back in her life in some kind of real way, but it, because I don't know the circumstances, I really can't comment, um, I, what I can comment on is in the, my estimation, her life 
from when I know all of that separated till now has not really shown me that it's an environment that kid, a kid would be um, well taken care of in. Which leads me to the current day. Um, she has pretty much, I think, become homeless all over again. She's had different levels of homelessness, but I think she is again. I don't know because she never really tells me the full story and, and who's to say what she's actually telling the truth about. But recently reached out for money and I have already told her that that is not a place where I am going to help her anymore. Uh, in fact, I already help those spaces. The tax money that I pay is supposed to go to social funds that are meant to help people in that space. And, uh, yeah. So because I said no to her recently, she went off on me and basically went into this whole, uh, you know, it's not fair. You're not being fair. You're this, you're this really personally accusatory, accusatory. And, um, you know, basically by the end told me that I needed to volunteer at a homeless shelter and all of this stuff, even though this started, mind you, of her asking me for money, uh, how I didn't understand. And um, I, I do understand, folks. Um, the issue that is hurting her right now is that our government is having so much care for non-citizens at the moment that those social funds that are supposed to go towards our citizens and our people, people like my friend who has never had a full uh, deck of cards, honestly, to work with and never will per her biology and her being itself, uh, will suffer. And it you know, whatever you might feel about that, um, you know, it's a, it's a very, very hard place to be, but I had to set a very hard boundary, uh, this past weekend with her. And it was something that maybe was long overdue, but since 2020, I've been setting a lot of these firm boundaries with people and it's basically no, no, I am, I am not going to be abused anymore by you and what you think that you're entitled per your relationship with me. And this particular person has always taken more than she's ever given. And I, I, I'm not going to be talked to like that anymore. And I'm not going to be accused for what I didn't do. Um, particularly since, you know, there, there's, not having a full deck of cards and being, um, special in terms of your men mental faculties, but there is also making choices that have continually aligned yourself with just not good realities, you know, choosing drugs, choosing the wrong crowd, um, playing, playing this, you know, dependent role perpetually and not, really taking accountability for your life. I mean, I've met people of similar spaces, um, with, with similar, if not worse, um, physical challenges, mental challenges that have 
been able to do a lot more with their lives and um, that I just enjoy more. <laughs> there's a there's a girl at my church that has Down syndrome and she is so lovely and so sweet and, um, you know, really deals with the hardships of her life in a, what I, I, I can only say is a very graceful way. Um, optically not graceful, but as far as the essence, beautiful and very kind. And I, I'm, I'm only interested at this point in being with people and around people like that who can, um, look at challenges in life and try to thrive and survive them as best they can. I'm not interested in being with people that, uh, want to deflect, want to blame and mostly blame the people who have always been there who have always been ready to love them and to offer assistance. Uh, I'm not going to tolerate people abusing me essentially. Um, I want to invest and, um, have this golden prosperity in my life. And I know I have to make some firm boundaries if that's the case. So to reiterate, the reason why my friend is suffering is because our government, our administration doesn't think that boundaries are necessary, doesn't believe in defending them and doesn't think that its own citizens are worthy and worth enough to protect in order to do that. So in this state that I'm in and with this government that I am exposed to, it has become crystal clear to me that if they are not going to do it, that I have to do it for myself in terms of every person that I encounter, that I have to set boundaries to who I am. And if I believe that boundaries are necessary, then I have to be very, very convicted within my own. Um, <laughs> it's quite interesting how it's all gone. Um, I didn't really express too much of this, um, but I am currently on Adobe's audition. I was using Audacity, which is a free program and it's a lot less toggled with buttons and features, which, you know, kind of makes it overwhelm overwhelming to use something like audition, but at the same time, kind of exciting. Uh, a mission of mine has been upon buying a new computer to experiment more with Adobe systems and really learn them. I'm hoping that I can do so, uh, through physically tackling it and playing with it and, you know, watching supplemental YouTube videos. If I have to go back to, um, what is it called? The, the space where you can basically pay for, um, a learning environment and they teach all manner of software. Um, I forget what it's called and I'm so sorry. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a really awesome space. I had it for a minute. I was teaching myself how to use other audio programs, which by the way, guys on audio programs, 
um, I bought it like it was, I think it was like $400 for PreSonus and Studio One, and I have not used it. Um, that was a recommendation of my cousin Eric. Eric, I am convicting you of that because you had me buy it and then kind of showed, like acted like you were going to show it to me. And then we both got into it and realized we didn't know very much about it. Uh, so yeah, I, um, I spent a lot of money on that. Uh, as I said, I've been camping on a audio program that is free and very user-friendly. And now I'm advancing to an audio program that I do not know at all. So I'm hoping that I can, I can put out this podcast at our regular scheduled time at 7 PM on a Tuesday. Um, but I'm going rogue and I'm, I'm trying something different. Uh, so hopefully I'll, I'll be able to publish this and get it out there, but, um, it will be today. I just don't know if it'll be on time. I'm aiming for that. I mean, of course, everything would be helped if I did things prior and pre-recorded. Um, but I, I have really enjoyed, um, uh, producing on the day of release because it allows me to uh, meet you guys in a lot more, I think, um, true way. I can respond to the day as it stands. And if I'm dealing with, or say, a, a pre recorded podcast, it's something that I only have to really um, break up the pre recording and. Uh, bring an intro and outro that is relevant to the podcast and the day. And it, that was a really nice rhythm that I was in with audacity. I'm hoping that I can find that rhythm very quickly with audition. Um, I'm also using my new computer right now, which has vastly more space on it than my old one. I have a digital hoarding problem, much like I do with art supplies in the physical world. Um, but yeah, I, I'm using a lot of new things today and I'm investing in recreating, uh, my spaces, my boundaries, my everything. And I would like to focus these things and hone them more this year, turn them up. Um, as far as painting, I have been, and I'd ask for prayers for you guys to help me push this through. Um, I would like to do a series on revelations. Uh, it's very intense revelations uh, in the Bible. It's very visually stunning. And we're actually covering it right now in Bible study, even though we haven't really gotten, I think we're, we're revelations two. <laughs> That's how far we've gotten in like a couple months now. It's very in depth. We could stay an hour on just one line of the Bible. It's, um, but I love it because it's so deep and breaks it down so much. And it's so cool. Honestly, guys, if, 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 if you're not invested in the Bible and you don't, you know, if, if you want to wage war with Christianity, I, I, I would say, you know, start there, you know, like, <laughs> tackle the Bible, um, with, with a very sincere want 
to pick it apart and understand it. Because if you don't start there, then you, you, you are not sincerely trying to uh, have a conversation with anybody of a faith. And I would say the same if, you know, you were to go up against a person of a different faith, um, read their texts, understand their texts, understand the history of their texts. Um, I have been just utterly moved by the Bible in so many ways that are so joy. Um, it's just so joyous. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't say enough about it. And I, I really want to, um, move that more into my creative life. I want to start expressing some of these visuals that are coming to me as I'm experiencing the text. Um, because, you know, when I was originally pursuing art, I, I pursued illustration and I do think that tattooing is an extension of illustration. It's very personal and it's about a very, you know, it's, it's about each individual person's branding and experience. But, you know, at its core, I really like taking, um, concepts and expressing them in a visual way and exploring them in a visual way. It gives me a lot of peace, a lot of joy. And I do think that's my God-given gift. And if I could dedicate my life more towards expressing the word of God, uh, through my art, that would be so cool. And it might, it might, it might be my, it might be the work that I was meant here to do. Um, it certainly would be something fun to express to all of you and share with all of you, much like my copying of the Bible and calligraphy. Um, you know, I have to reorganize my entire life from here on out in order to implement all of these different things, but it's not impossible. I know that when I started out in tattooing, my life was consumed and I really didn't have much space in it, uh, for anyone or anything else besides the sincere focus to make money at my job as a hairstylist and then directly go to the tattoo studio and learn how to tattoo and be a tattoo apprentice for, it was three years for me because I had to, um, transition from being a full professional in one field to starting and learning a whole other field and divorcing myself from one area of service, which involved a whole community of people who I still really love today. And I've tattooed a few of them actually, um, into a whole other space. And, um, you know, it, it's, it is possible, but it takes a, a very intense amount of focus and dedication, um, that I had much more ability, I think when I was younger, because I got tired. Um, it, it took longer for me to get tired. Now I have pain. Now I have, um, I have a lot more on me actually. And I actually have a relationship now that 
I, I feel is um, in alignment more with who I am and what I need. And, you know, all, all the, all the pieces are really falling into place in different areas of my life. But um, I'll admit the, the focus has been less as I've not been working for someone else, uh, which is how I saw it when I worked at Tattooed Heart. It might not have been how my boss wanted me to see it, but that's how I saw it. No matter the the tax status or or delineations between whether or not I was an employee or an independent contractor, I always saw it as working for someone else's dream and company. Uh, I don't think that's inappropriate. Um, but now I'm creating my vision. And now I have to stand for, for me and what I am going to produce. And, um, you know, it's always been ADD guys. It's always, it's always been all over the place. Um, I'll admit. So I'm trying to hone it in and I'm trying to, um, focus it. And, but when I happened before and, uh, I have what you call adult ADD, which means that if I, if I'm giving a structure, I can stay within it perfectly. But if it's left up to me, I get derailed very quickly. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's distinct distinctions between them, but as it was outlined to me, um, I can get very depressed because of this, um, medications do help me because, uh, of the way that I guess my body produces its chemistry. But uh, what I've noticed since changing my diet, uh, to all me is that the focus has been a lot more a- able for me to harness. It's, it's almost like a weird predatory intensity. Um, one might say I might be a little bit more angsty or angry, but I do think that I'm a lot more able to hunt and focus, uh, if that makes any sense. Um, it's not like all over the place, you know, I, I, I have on my chest a rabbit and a hawk and I do because those two perspectives are things that I vacillate between, but the hawk has vision over a large field of space and very acute focus abilities and thrives off of meat and is a predator and a winged predator too, which I have so much reverence for. I can't say that I completely, um, <laughs> uh, have comfort around birds yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. I find them so awesome. Uh, and I'm a very ground earthy kind of person. So believing the earth and, you know, looking at things from an aerial view is scary to me, but that's, again, this is, this is what golden prosperity kind of all about, um, which by the way, this tea, I don't know if I said is marigolds and green tea, which marigolds are kind of cool because it kind of leads into, what I was about to say is that the rabbit. So if you want to keep rabbits away from your garden or any kind of pests away from your food that you're growing, they say to plant marigolds, that it will 
create a boundary that little varmints that would otherwise chew up all of your food will eat. They don't like the smell of it. And it's, I think, a toxic plant for them. Um, if nothing else, they just detest the smell. So they say to plant marigolds. And I've actually tattooed a lot of marigolds recently. Um, they're beautiful. They're golden. They're happy. They have a very kind of like wild daisy-ish kind of look to them. Um, but getting to the rabbit, the rabbit view is so limited and so chaotic. I, I, I think of rabbits and they're the most frustrating to encounter when you're driving because they have this whole zigzag thing. They're just like zigzag, just, just zigzag. And they never fucking get out of your way. They just, they just zigzag in front of your car <laughs> instead of just like a squirrel. They'll, they'll kind of realize, Oh crap. And they'll just book it, but they don't turn back or at least not in my experience, unless you, I guess, give them the opportunity to, they just run. They just like realize that they, they made a very treacherous move and they book it and usually avoid getting hit, but not rabbits, man. Rabbits, they've got this whole evasive maneuver kind of thing about them. It's kind of dumb. And, uh, I have to imagine it was, it, you know, it, it works for them most of the time because they're, they're pretty quick and things like that. But it's very frustrating in a car because I'm just like, dude, I, you can't zigzag enough to avoid my car. You're just in the way, get out of the way. <laughs> so, so, you know, my goals are always to stay balanced because I do think having, having necessary fear. And this is, this is, this is where fear comes in. There is fear that is necessary for our survival. And there is things that we have to react to based on that, that fear, that fight or flight kind of reactionary, um, thing or freeze whichever will help us get out of here alive. Those are things that I think are rabbit view and they are anxiety producing. If anybody's ever seen Watership Down, it's cast from perspectives of rabbits and, uh, it, it's intense. It's intense. Um, it's a, it's a very intense cartoon. <laughs> um, and then there's, um, the hawk view, which you know, kind of is above it all and able to assess, assess everything and make very targeted motions. And these are the, the mascots of not only my chess piece, but, um, my tattoo studio, it's called beyond the pale tattoo studio, the rabbits, the prominent feature of it. Um, uh, mostly because I think that a rabbit is a nice space to meet within. It's very communal and it's something where I can share with people that view and, and help them, help them reach their own heights and soar more and have a wider perspective through the work that we do in tattooing, kind of help elevate their view and themselves and their brand and their, their expression. Um, but I think meeting as rabbits is good because we can kind of 
help each other through those mutual fears and anxieties and, and meet in that space and rise together. That's how I see it. And, uh, you know, there's just understanding that, that we're all, they're all, we're all trying to seek a more, more of a state of independence and freedom. And, and we all have certain goals and challenges and our own version of prosperity. So yeah, uh, these things matter, but I, I, I really wanted to, you know, kind of share all this with you right before I'm about to take off to go to a new dentist because, um, I had a dentist that retired, uh, actually right after 2020 and, uh, somebody bought his practice and I'm not going to, again, say names. It wasn't the that the new person, um, isn't doing a good job. I just, uh, you know, I'm not sure if it works for me. I want to, I want to try some other spaces. I was given a, a good recommendation to this dentist and I'm going to check it out get my teeth cleaned by a new space and experience new people. So lots of new today. Uh, I'm going to take off and uh, accomplish that and then hopefully come back here and produce this podcast and all that good, good stuff. Um, and hopefully learn a lot more about audition, but yeah, I wanted to touch base with you guys before next week where I am going to, and I have to contact her actually. Um, I'm actually going to be visiting her studio in April in late April. Um, hopefully to give her and Rick, uh, a whole bunch. This is a uh, Bailey Jean. Uh, she's works at karma, uh, body modifications in Oklahoma. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it seems like a fun time. So I'm going to be visiting them. I think, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a casual visit and a creative visit that, um, it's going to follow my time at Goldfang tattoo gallery where I'm, I'm doing an official guest spot there. And, um, but I met, um, oh, I met both Renee and, um, Bailey and Rick all at paradise, uh, tattoo gathering, but, um, Renee, um, you know, it's, I, I want to do a guest spot. I want to experience her studio and it's in Oklahoma city. It's intense and, um, very cultured dealing with Oklahoma's board has been interesting. I will tell you all, um, following all the paperwork, that's a whole other podcast. I think, um, these people are ridiculous, honestly, like I, I'll just preface it by saying like, I, I don't, I don't really know where, where their rationale is, but nobody who's trying to skirt the lines of the law is going to call and ask about how to properly fill out paperwork. They're just going to come and they're just going to illegally operate and they're going to just do what they want to do in whatever way they see to do it. And they're not going to ask permission for it. So I don't understand. It's like the people who make signs thinking that they can mitigate assholedom and rudeness by making signs Look, people who are assholes don't read 
signs. Okay. That, that is the very nature of them being an asshole. They just are in their, their own bubble, their own confidence, their own idea of how things work. And, you know, I don't think they intentionally do it all the time. I think you can be an unintentional asshole. I have been a lot um, in my life. I mean, a lot, but they're just, they're just, they think in this very one way and they think that other people think that way too. And so they just railroad constantly and they don't read and they don't go outside of their own understanding. So you thinking that you can produce things like signs that are going to mitigate assholedom. I mean, you might catch a few flies that way, but, um, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be as effective as just being willing to have a discussion with each individual person and make a connection and, and be willing to do that individually with each human. I think these bulk regulatory kind of things that seek to just, you know, corral all this stuff is so deeply impersonal and so frustrating. And the amount of money that we pay in order to, for example, have that little, that little sign on each individual two gallon bucket or however many gallon bucket, I don't forget how many gallons they are Four? I don't know. It might be a lot. I think it's a lot more than what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, you know, the ones that say, don't leave your kids around this thing while full, you know, because maybe two children drowned in it that that sign that needs to mitigate that potentiality that little print just the amount that a person has to pay and the amount of money that has been put into all of that you know is astounding to me um you know i do love information i do love uh risk management i do love people who care about those things but it gets to a point where it's like, come on, people, do we really, do we really need all of this to, um, tell us how to be, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm coming to a point where I'm just like, I, you know, and you know, you lose touch with like the, the younger you who just simply didn't know and who had to get checked a lot. But I will say I was checked a lot by experience and it was by the grace of literal God that I, that I succeeded, not, not by any provisos or warning signs. Um, <laughs> and probably my nature, which is truly not to be an asshole. I really try not to be an asshole. I can't say that I haven't been one. I have, but I don't try to be one. It's very unintentional. <laughs> so I think that, you know, my heart has guided me into better spaces and, and, a, and a want to truly connect with people in, in a better way, always progressing, always moving forward, always moving towards that golden prosperity. And so, you know, to wrap up, boundaries are being set. Spaces are being redefined and created. Um, some commitments are being made. I hope to share them with you, but next week we are going to be, um, meeting with, and I, I already am going to tell you guys the audio sucks. Um, my connection with Bailey was not the best. 
Um, <laughs> uh, but, but it's a great podcast. She's an apprentice and she's lovely and I, I can't wait to spend more time with her. Um, I, I really hope that you guys are able to make it through the bad audio. Um, but we're going to be, uh, with her next week and, uh, I'm excited to introduce her to you. I, there's been a lot of people in the space in their younger years that I would like to loop background with and touch base with, um, as they've progressed. I mean, a lot of them are tattoo artists now. Um, they have more Instagram followers than even I do. They're, they're busy as hell. Like I'd like to touch back with them and get like a follow-up diary entry now that they've, they've come along more and had a lot more time behind them, but, you know, getting these, these groundbreaking raw, raw points in people's life is, is pretty cool. And like following each individual person as they, you know, grow in this, in this life is, is really, really cool. And that was the aim of this podcast on top of my own personal tackling of, myself, my life, um, being a continual student of life. Um, so yeah, uh, 2024 is, is well underway. We're now into February. Um, happy early Valentine's day. Next week I'll, I'll really wish you guys all, it happens to be my favorite holiday, by the way, guys is Valentine's day. Um, I, I just love it because I don't see it as the hallmark that everybody else does. I see it as, um, you know, analyzing your choices, you know, we're given so much in this world that we have to kind of celebrate around that are, it kind of feels like, well, you know, I was born to these people. So of course I have to celebrate Christmas with them. But, but Valentine's day is about who you've chosen and, and kind of looking at those choices and, examining them and reinvesting in love. And if you're not happy on Valentine's day, I think that that's a very convicting point and it's meant to convict our hearts and minds to, whoa, somebody is like going off <laughs> outside. Sorry about that guys. Um, convict our hearts and our minds in, in a very forward thinking way. Um, now we just got past Groundhog's Day. I do believe he saw a shadow. I do think we're going to have more winter, um, which is fine because uh, I'm doing spring cleaning in winter. And uh, there's lots of things that need to be rooted at this time. My dad was just telling me about how broccoli and certain vegetables need to be rooted in the in the winter time. They need to be put in. So there's just a lot, uh, going on that is very cool, very new. Um, without further ado, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut this and wrap this and tell you all that I am excited about next week. Uh, I got a laundry list of people to get back to and talk with, um, you know, moving ahead. Uh, I gotta produce this podcast, I, but, but immediately I have to stop and get to my dental appointment. So I wish you all a very, very wonderful week. May you hunt and ferret out your version of golden prosperity. I hope that I have given you something wonderful to digest and to reflect on. And my hope also is that everyone will hold me
accountable to these things. I, I know that's not something that we like to do. We don't we don't really like to throw things back into people's faces, but I am fine with it. Um, I hope that I've confessed as much here is to, you know, if I've made a goal, I want you, I want you to tell me that I'm straying when I am and, uh, I'll appreciate it. I will, uh, especially from some of you that have been here from the very, very beginning. Um, God bless you. I, God bless you all. Um, thank you all. Um, I hope I, you know, I, I hope you touch base and will uh, hold me accountable. I will do my part in this world as well. I'm hoping to be a testimony for so much uh, that I've, I've confessed in this personal entry. But go, have a great week. Very happy Tuesday. Love you listeners. Later. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our our listeners. listeners.